This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen, and I want to welcome you to the Warning Television Program. Also, those that are watching on social media, welcome. We have many Uh, social media platforms. If you're listening on our radio program, shortwave programs, etc., welcome. We're in the college classroom here at World Ministries International. It's a live audience. I'm speaking today on the keys to great anointing and revival. The keys to great anointing and revival. The last time I met with you, I spoke on great anointing. The keys to great anointing and revival. John Wesley, Charles Finney, Dwight Moody, Maria Woodworth, Edder, Carrie Judd Montgomery, Smith Wigglesworth, John G. Lake, Evan Roberts, Reese Howell, Amy Simple McPherson, Catherine Coleman, Randy Clark, Heidi Baker, and all movers and shakers that were used by God in the Great Awakening, all these powerful men and women knew the keys to great anointing and revival. The Great Awakening was desperately needed as the church was pathetically anemic and society was increasingly becoming more and more evil. At the same times when Jesus originally called the disciples to follow him, society then was very evil and the religious leaders representing God were themselves anemic, corrupt, and hypocritical and need themselves of a Great Awakening. That is what Jesus' ministry was all about on earth to initiate a great awakening to society, could change people, could have eternal life through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, which paid the penalty of people's sins. That's why Jesus came. That's what he initiated in his great awakening. Today, when people accept Christ into their hearts and repent of their old, selfish, sinful lifestyle and follow God and truth and righteousness with all their heart, they can now awaken others. In my last message titled Great Anointing, I used that great revivalist and founder of the Methodist denomination, John Wesley. Wesley said, quote, I put myself wholly into thy hands, put me to walk as you want, rank me with whom you will, put me doing Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for thee or laid aside for thee, exalted for thee, or trodden underfoot for thee. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me be have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily resign all to thy pleasure and disposal, unquote. 
I hope you really caught his words. This is the attitude of all men and women with great anointing, what they had then and what they have today. Wesley's words sounded like that great biblical apostle Paul. Today we need another great awakening in America and throughout the world to stop evil men from ruling nations and controlling people in their agenda to form a new world order, a one world government. Only the true church, believers following Jesus Christ, with all their heart desiring and wanting to be full of God and be able to move in the Holy Spirit with signs following like Jesus, the apostles, the above-mentioned contemporary leaders who led the Great Awakening, will be able to stop evil men from destroying their nation and persecution and enslaving Christians like Caesar, Hitler, Stalin, Lenin, Mao, Kim, and many other dictators and tyrants have done in Rome, Germany with the Nazis, the Soviet Union, Russia, Cuba, North Korea, etc. have done with communism. Let's examine now what all these movers and shakers, all these tremendous people had in common that caused a great awakening. 2 Peter 1, 2-4. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you are partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. I'll tell you, preparing this message and the last message and for the last three, four weeks as I've been really focused on these keys to anointing, studying the men and women of God that moved in such tremendous ways. It's made me, once again, hunger and thirst more for all of God, for more of God, to move like the apostles and these men did. Because God is no, no person that has favorites. We are all able to move with anointing and great anointing. One, all these men and women with great anointing, sparking revival, wanted to be full of God. Again, he is no, what? Respecter of persons. None. In this life, people... Have favorites, not God. Not God. That's the beauty of God. These men knew they could move into the divine nature. Not sinless perfection, but they could move into the nature of God where people saw Jesus in them and they ministered effectively like Jesus did. That's why he said, go tarry, so you could be effective. Mark 12, 29 through 31. Jesus answered, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than this. With all your heart, 
and to be able to love your neighbor as yourself, to be able to forgive your enemies, truly forgive, to be able to forgive those that are gossiping and maligning you, truly forgive. So inside there is nothing, no animosity, but true love. Charles G. Finley stated, as I closed the door and turned around, my heart seemed to be liquid within me. All my feelings seemed to rise and flow. And the utterance of my heart was, I want to pour my whole soul out to God. Liquid love. You know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the continual baptism. John 3, 16. As I've meditated on it and as an evangelist preached on it for seven nights in a row. It's changed my heart. People can say, I love God with all my heart. And I don't think most people do. I don't think they even comprehend it. Because of, if you don't love him with all your heart, you're still operating in some pride. And pride is blind. And you're blind to your own failures and to your own condition at times. I am. Finney was so serious about reaching the fullness of God that one day he put aside all business including studying law and being an apprentice to a judge. His hunger for God led him to a quiet place to receive an encounter with God. Then he seemed as if he met Jesus face to face. He wept aloud like a baby. This defining encounter with God continued into the evening hours. How serious are you with God? God said, go tarry. The disciples tarried. It was 50 days after he rose. Ascended to heaven until the baptism. How much do you tarry? He laid aside his business practices, everything. Again, I've mentioned people, you know, they want it in 10 minutes or 10 seconds or they quit. And they're off to their own selfishness. And they wonder why they're not baptized. The waves of God's presence flowed so powerfully over him that he felt like he might die if they did not stop. Finney went on to say that after some time, he was ready, getting ready to take a seat by the fire and he received a mighty baptism of the Holy Ghost without an expectation of it, without ever having the thought in mind that there was any such thing for me, without any recollection that I had ever heard the thing mentioned by any person in the world, the Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love. It seemed like the very breath of God. I can recollect distinctly that it seemed to fan me like the immense wings. Wow, the wings of an eagle, the wings of God. No words can express the wonderful love that was shed abroad in my heart. I wept aloud with joy and love. I literally bellowed out uttering and gushing from my heart. I wish I had time to give you some other testimonies personally of a lady that, a missionary, Baptist, and, and she became so wanting all of God that in her own bedroom, she was baptized marvelously in the Holy Spirit. And her denomination at that time talked against it and they removed her from Africa. They wanted her to get away from Dr. Hansen, who uh, thought had a negative influence on her being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because I told her she needed it. I need it. And she came to me for about six months and asking question after question. And I said, just go home. and said, God, I want all of you. And she did. Finney encounter caused him to weep loudly, which attracted people to check on him. And they broke out in holy laughter. 
After seeing the power of God on Finney's life, one person was immediately struck to the ground and cried out for more of God. Finney imparted and released what he had received to those who came to him. When Finney woke up the next morning, instantly the baptism returned upon me in the same manner. See, we can continually be refreshed and renewed and strengthened and be filled with God. And we should be. I arose upon my knees in bed and wept aloud with joy and remained for some time too overwhelmed with the baptism of the Spirit to do anything but pour out my soul to God. I would retire as early as I could, but rose at four o'clock in the morning because I could sleep no longer and immediately went to the study and engaged in prayer. Finney had such anointing that he could affect people just by being in the same room. See, Finney wanted to go to bed early. He wanted to get up. He wanted to spend time with God. And he did every day, at least at four o'clock in the morning, set aside time besides other time. In the spring of 1826, Finney went to a factory in the city and saw a move of God break out among the workers there. I approached slowly and looking on each side at the machinery as I passed, but observed that this girl grew more and more agitated and could not proceed with her work. When I came within eight to 10 feet of her, I looked solemnly at her. She observed it. She was quite overcome. She sunk down and burst into tears. The impression caught like powder. In a few moments, nearly all the room was in tears. This feeling spread through the factory. Mr. W., the owner, was present, and seeing the state of things, he said to the superintendent, Stop the mill and let the people attend religion, for it's more important that our souls should be saved than this factory run. Wow! He could go into a moo, into a city, and change. The bars would close. People would repent. I mean, I could tell you a few examples, but not whole cities. I know I've gone, and people, have, the power of God came upon them, and they would fall or weep or whatever. In large meetings, 70 would fall when I walked across the platform. But this is another level of anointing. Like a lady here said, we need to move to another level. God wants to promote all of us. Amen? If we hunger and thirst and want it. If you don't want it, then you just stay where you're at. In 1830 to 1831, during his meetings in Rochester, New York, businesses closed down and the owners put notices on the door urging people to attend Finney's meetings. Crime in the city dropped by two-thirds during the time. That's New York City. Man, I wish he could go there today. <laughs> Many leading businessmen, lawyers, and doctors were saved during the revivals. Finney gave words of knowledge without even knowing it. See, he wasn't trained in it, but he manifested it because it was real. Finney also saw signs and wonders with great healings in his ministry, such as an illiterate woman instantly able to read the Bible and a friend's dying wife who Finney engaged in intense prayer and the Lord gave him power to prevail and the woman was healed the next morning. Power to prevail. Prevail. Not a simple prayer and quit. Prevail till he won. Finney and all the movers and shakers named already were men and women of daily prayer. I could go into examples of some that would not receive any medicines. They were so convicted. God can do it or I die. And they got their miracles. They believed in prayer and fasting. They would pray for hours daily and sometimes for days. Then he recognized the significance that prayer played in releasing the kingdom. And he regularly sent his intercessor, Daniel Nash, 
into cities three or four weeks before him to covenant with a handful of believers in the area to pray. He sent his intercessor ahead to organize prayer. His intercessor Nash's job was to break up the fallow ground so that when Finney arrived, the community would be ready to receive the seeds. Finney called people to set apart times of prayer to release revival. I had an intercessor here for many years, and the person even traveled with the team, uh, called to intercede for me. We have soldiers of the cross. We're trying to get 2,000 intercessors in every nation. We believe in prayer. All of these movers and shakers had some things in common. Prayer, obviously, is always one of them. Always. People in the services would fall under the power of God as well as other manifestations of the release of the Holy Spirit sparked by a man under great anointing because he sent his intercessors to organize prayer. And then he himself was a qualified man of God, setting him his life diligently, fervently in seeking God, praying daily. Finney had opposition like all true anointed ministers of God do. But because of being full of God, walking in the divine nature available to us all, Finney continued to persevere. He didn't give up in revival meetings. He continued to persevere. Regardless of threats and attacks, and like Jesus and the apostles, they had one goal in sight, Jesus did, and the apostles and these women and men of God who moved America, who moved London. That was to be faithful ambassador of Christ to the death. They had literally determined they would die rather than compromise. I don't see too many people that way today. I don't. Yeah, they say verbally, but I, shoot, they'll compromise on anything. Anything. If there's sports there, they might not even come to church. Their favorite team is playing. What ridiculous. Maybe we should throw out the favorite team forever and strive for more of God and see your life changed with a baptism. Finney continued, regardless of the threats and attacks, he walked with the third person of the Trinity inside him, as well as the other men and women of God, to accomplish what Jesus assigned believers to do. Walking with the third person of the Trinity, walking in the kingdom of God on earth. Can you walk in the kingdom of God? Or can you just tell stories of what you read? Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Mark 16, 15 through 20. <clears throat> and he said, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who is baptized and is believes will be saved. So when you accept Christ, then you're baptized in water. And you should be baptized in the Holy Spirit very soon after. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, it's not talking about tempting God like you've seen some of the nonsense of some of these people that aren't trained, and so they, they put a rattlesnake around their neck, and some of them get bit and die. 
It's like it's talking about the in the Bible where Paul, where a serpent came out of the fire and bit him, a deadly snake, and he shook it off. That's what it's talking about. Not talking about tempting God. We can't tempt God. We're not God. And when you try to tempt him that foolishly, it's like your vanity insulting God. That's what it is. It's like pastors that want to change the words of the Bible because they're too hard. Well, your vanity, your vanity, your pride, you won't preach it to your people lest it offend them. Yeah, unless they get convicted, which they should do. Preach the truth. Let them be convicted. Let them change. Don't let your vanity stop you from preaching the truth just to save the pride of your selfish people. Let them get mad at you. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Luke 24, 46 through 53. Then he said to them, this is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. In other words, don't even try to go do the ministry until you receive my power. It's a waste of time. You're going to walk in your own vanity and you're going to accomplish nothing, but you're going to compromise the reality of the Bible. You're going to give excuses why it doesn't work. And those that give testimonies, you're going to say they're bragging. In reality, you're so filled with your pride and selfishness that you are jealous of the person that has a testimony. You are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in Jerusalem till you're endued with power from on high. These men and women of God, these movers and shakers would tarry. Some of them for months. They wanted to be baptized. They wanted to speak in tongues. Oh, I've prayed for 30 minutes. I got to go. I got I to, whatever you got to go to. Watch basketball or football or baseball or whatever you do. Some of us should take our television and just throw it out the window. I'll get a big amen. Good. But because sometimes we put other things way ahead of God. We put it ahead of God. And we're not baptizing the Holy Spirit. What are we doing? I'm talking about the majority of the church. What are you doing? America's going to hell. It's falling apart. What are you doing? Isn't it time you took God's instructions seriously? What are you doing? Again, Luke 24, 46 to 53, he said to them, thus it's written, it's necessary for Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations. Behold, I send the promise of my father, tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried into heaven and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and worshiping God. They continued in Jerusalem until they were endued with power. Nothing was more important. Conclusion, Charles Finney had great impact on the second awakening, leading over 500,000 people to Christ. This was before, you know, all of our modern ways to reach people. He was an advocate for women abolition, and other social causes. His first two wives died. He married again for the third time. 
He continued to preach to the day of his death at 83 years old. Finney was always fervently seeking God through daily devotions, prayer time, night after night meetings, and many times attending both day and night meetings where he or others led. He had a continual recorded encounters, baptisms with God. He was full of God and wanted the manifested third person of the Trinity to operate in his flesh through him. With signs following, truly Jesus was accomplishing what he wants. In this follower of God and the movers of shakers, he wants to do it in you. The day of Pentecost was fully come. Acts 2, 1 through 4. They were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came from heaven a sound of a rushing mighty wind filling the house where they're sitting. And there appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire sat on them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. We can see the mighty, mighty outpourings of God. You and I can. That's the reason I'm starting Eagles Saving Nations. To wake up Christians to the reality of the situation that is taking place in the United States of America today. To expose the forces that are trying to replace the Republic of America under morality of God, defining the Bible into tyranny, thus communism. To educate Christians in every nation to the goals and operations of the forces aligned and associated with a new world order. Focusing on being filled with the Holy Spirit so we can go forth and carry on the work of God and see a great awakening again. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.